For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. You're listening to a Brawl Network and Eagles Brawl podcast. You love the Philadelphia Eagles. Let me get a hell yeah. This is the Kelly Green Show. We're a bunch of underdogs. And you know what underdogs is? It's a hungry dog. Here's your host, Football Kelly. What's going on, everybody? It's Eagles Brawl co-host Connor Miles. I just want to let you know about our partnership with DraftKings. Football is here, and so is your shot at millions. Thanks to our sponsorship with DraftKings, all new players can play for free for millions with your first deposit. So let me just let you know how it works real quick. So you go to DraftKings, and you create your first ever DFS account with DraftKings. You make a deposit, minimum $5.00. And DraftKings will credit your account with a free entry to numerous of contests that can win you millions. Just go to dkng.co slash brawlpod to play. That's dkng.co slash b-r-a-w-l-p-o-d to play. Quick, Act quickly. This offer won't be around forever. Minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details and go over there and sign up and support your favorite Eagles podcast, Eagles Brawl. What's going on, everybody? It's Connor Miles, co-host of the Eagles Brawl here. I just want to give a quick shout-out to one of our sponsors. That's Manscaped. Go ahead. The holidays are here. It's time to get your loved ones trimmed, and nicely trimmed that is, by going to manscaped.com and using promo code BRAWL, that's B-R-A-W-L, to get 20% off your order plus free shipping. You know it. He knows it. He needs to trim up. Go to manscaped.com, get 20% off your order and free shipping when using promo code BRAWL. B-R-A-W-L. Support your favorite Eagles podcast, Eagles Brawl, when purchasing an item off of Manscaped.com and also take care of that person you love. Welcome back to the Kelly Green Show. I am your host, Football Kelly. It was nice to see the offense get into a rhythm on Sunday. 26 points was more than the Eagles offense was able to put up in all but two other games this season. I understand that it's a small sample size, but in his first two NFL career starts, Jalen Hurts looks like the real deal. He held his own out there in Arizona, and if anything helps prove that wins are not a quarterback stat, it was Hurts' performance against the Cardinals on Sunday. It's a loss that does need to be discussed because every single game for the remainder of this season carries more weight with regards to making the playoffs. Our chances are dimming, but I've brought in two ladies for this episode to help shed some light and will hopefully guide you with a little bit more cheer during the holiday season. 
With that being said, my guests are established podcast pros. They've got their own show, but they're generous enough to hop on the Kelly Green show today. The babes of broad, the babes on broad. I don't want to mess that one up. <laughs> Jessica and Sam, how are you ladies doing? We're doing great. Good. You know, despite an Eagles loss, I guess we're good. Christmas is coming. You know? Honestly, I think people are in a little bit more of a positive mood when when you see the offense being a little less stagnant as mm-hmm. we saw earlier this year. So even though there was a loss, I think a, lo- a little bit more optimism for potential run at the playoffs if if that's your thing or the draft potential is always <laughs> somebody else's thing. So why don't you give yourselves a little bit of an opportunity to introduce yourselves to the listeners and where they can follow you on Twitter? Okay, yeah. So on social media, you can follow us at Babes on Broad on all platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We also have babesonbroadpodcast.com, which kind of has every link there to make it simple. And then we also have a Babes on Broad um, YouTube channel, which you can find. We also just recently this year started doing our pregame live shows. And you can find the shows live on all those social medias and then also previous shows obviously not live anymore but once we're live on the youtube so you can find everything very accessible on there and personally i am at sam wills 18 on twitter and instagram so it's easy enough jess yours is switched up a little bit so you tell them yours my my instagram is at jessica double underscore town and then my twitter is at run this town with an e13 and yeah and then you can find all of our podcasts at uh on um BGN Radio, which is Bleeding Green Nation's uh, radio channel. Anywhere you get your podcast through Bleeding Green Nation, that's where you find our episodes. I love it. So fans have so many questions about how a quarterback, coaching staff, the front office could possibly fall to the place we currently are after only a few years removed from the Super Bowl victory. I have a lot of questions myself, and it's honestly why I started the podcast that I do on the Eagles Brawl Podcast Network. Um, I'm curious what sparked both of you to team up and create your own show. So we had been friends for a little while, just just through actually social media and through sports and everything. We kind of started to get to know each other a little bit. And Sam and I had talked um, a couple different times about doing some sort of collaboration for for something, but we hadn't really we'd thrown out some ideas, but hadn't really gotten anything down and hadn't really come up with anything that we really loved. But then one day, um, I got a call from Bleeding Green Nation. They had you know seen some of my writing. They had listened to my other podcast, The Madness, uh, on the Painted Lines, and you know I guess had just kind of liked sort of what they saw, what they heard, and obviously knew of Sam um, from being on the radio. And they you know said you know we want you to do a podcast. We don't have any female podcasters right now we would love for you to come on do you have a co-host in mind and I was like yes Sam Wilson and they were like why didn't we (laughs) like then they were like we didn't know you guys were friends and I said yes and they were like that's a genius idea so they were kind of like why didn't we think of that first but then we you know agonized for weeks over what to name the podcast that took forever and a year (laughs) to figure out how to name that but then we kind of came up with it and um, they had asked us to do something that was yes eagle centric but had kind of given us the freedom to sort of make it our own as well as talk about some of the other sports as well as other things going on around philadelphia so that's kind of how we sort of came to be what we are and we mainly talk about the Eagles. We're on bleeding green nation. Obviously they're one of the biggest Eagles, you know, networks in, in the the area, but we also do talk about the Sixers and the Flyers and the Phillies and everything else kind of going on. So we have a good time and, and that's kind of how we got started to together on this. And now we're 55 episodes in and 
having fun. Going strong. <laughs> yeah. Females Unite. I love the collab. I love the show. I am so glad that you came on today. I really, really appreciate your time. Absolutely. So uh, let's talk a little bit about this past game. 33-26 to 26 final score against the Cardinals. What do you attribute the loss in Arizona to? Um, I think, I mean, Jalen Hurts obviously coming in. He had a great performance. It's clearly probably he's last on the list of whose fault it is. So with him, there's kind of sparks in some areas, and we're seeing better play than we were a couple games ago. But I still ultimately fizzle it all down to Howie Roseman. And that, I think, for the rest of the year, because our team, we just simply aren't good enough. I mean, roster management and all of that. Exactly. And I mean, I know there's injuries, obviously, on the O-line and the secondary, everything. But even when we did have our starters out there, they were just simply getting beat. So I think it all just boils down to Howie Roseman and the roster construction and poor drafting and all his drama that he wants to add in and all that fun stuff. Yeah, I totally agree. I just think that going into this season, the roster wasn't good enough. I mean, you look back at last season and you essentially had the same roster week one that you had week 17 last year when you had a historic number of injuries and you limped into the playoffs in a god-awful NFC East division. I mean, it's even worse this year. And, you know, they didn't address any of the biggest issues that they needed to address and they didn't do anything to help themselves. And I still think that, you know, the the play calling isn't good enough. I think that there's a lot of there's a lot of things there. And Sam's right. You know, we talk about this every week. Ultimately, every issue that I have with every single loss and with what the Eagles are doing, have done, and what they are right now, I go back to Howie Roseman and the entire construction of this roster. It's just not good enough. And even though Jalen Hurts played an amazing game on Sunday, it's and the defense had one of their better games of the year, regardless of all the injuries, it's just not good enough. I mean, I think that says it too right there. Sorry, I'm jumping in. But like the fact that we could even say the defense played one of their better games this season and they still gave up 33 points. Mm-hmm. I think that says it right there. We're just simply not good enough. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to Howie. Yeah, I, I have to confess something that I think a lot of fans probably relate to. You probably relate to. But I was so mad at Howie for making the decision to draft a quarterback in the second round when we had so many holes on the roster. When you look about the way we got into the playoffs to play the Seahawks last year, it wasn't like we were dominating to get to that point. We barely made it in and so for us to take a luxury pick of a backup quarterback and he was really touting it as you know went you know needing to have a backup because of his injury history blah 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 so that was your goal what you were saying you were going to make him the backup quarterback it wasn't like it was a competition or anything you weren't trying to create a quarterback controversy say all you want but you literally brought in his backup in the second round when we could have had a starter on the roster in that position. So to see Hertz out there, so natural, so composed, demanding the offense, I had to kind of take a step back because Wentz has struggled this season. And I, I do wonder if Howie felt compelled to make that decision based on something we're unaware of. Um, 
to cause the quarterback controversy is a bit frustrating. Fans are now picking sides, arguing. You can't say anything about anything without it coming back to Howie, uh, not not Howie, coming back to Hurts versus Wentz. Like, and they're they're not versus each other. Like, they're both in the same predicament. They did not choose this situation to be in. So it does it does get frustrating as a fan to just want to be a supportive person of the Eagles when everything you say is controversial because somebody picked the other side and takes it the wrong way. So speaking of the future, we just saw right before the Cardinals game that ESPN's Adam Schefter reported that Wentz does not want to be the backup quarterback and would prefer to be traded if he isn't the starter next year. What was your initial reaction to that report, and does it make you feel any differently about Wentz? My initial reaction to the report was, yeah, that sounds about right. I I mean, like, that was my initial reaction. And for me personally, I don't blame him, especially because, you know, and, and the argument right now is, oh, well, I want my quarterback to be mentally tougher than that. I want him to, you know, he's a competitor. He should be able to have the mentality that he can beat anybody out for this. I get that. But think about what he's already had to do up to this point. Like, he's already had three separate quarterback, quote, competitions or controversies in his fifth season. He beat out Sam Bradford. Then we had the whole Nick Foles thing. He beat Nick Foles out twice, by the way. And then... Now he has now he has this that was manufactured by the front office. So my initial thought was Carson Wentz as a person, I don't think this came from him. And I don't think he if he would have said something to someone about I have no interest in being the backup quarterback, I don't think he would ever say that to someone with the intention of it being this report of him being unhappy, of him being selfish, of him doing that's not his character. That's not who he is. He's going to go out there every Sunday. And you saw after the loss, who was the first person you saw on screen with his arm around Jalen Hurts? Carson Wentz. That's who Carson Wentz is as a person. And that's what his character is. And to talk about him not being mentally tough at this point, I would just kind of be like, I'm over it. Like, I, I as mentally tough as you want to be and as you want your quarterback to be, I mean, the guys come back from a torn ACL and played well. The guys come back from a fractured back and played well. He puts everything out there for this team every Sunday. And the fact that the organization has actively worked so hard against him instead of doing everything they could to build him up. I mean, like, I would be hard-pressed to find anything they did in support of Carson Wentz other than signing him to a contract. If you want to give him a big contract, fine. But then 300-some days later, not even a full year, you draft a quarterback in the second round. It doesn't make any sense. You're not doing anything to support your franchise player. You're just actively working against him and honestly setting him up for failure. Yeah, I 100% agree with what Jess said. My first reaction was literally no duh. I mean, the guy's, what, 27? He's in the prime of his career. I mean, obviously this year is an outlier. But before that, he's shown more than – enough that he's going to be a starting quarterback in this league. And there's so many teams out there that need that. I mean, everybody's talking about the Frank Reich reunion in Indianapolis, but my personal favorite would be New England just because Belichick would thrive with a Carson Wentz right now compared to a Cam Newton. So, I mean, it's just a no-duh situation. Why would this guy in the prime of his career after he's literally showed you what he can do time and time again up until this year – why would he be happy with sitting on the bench? And I mean, 
to go along with everybody questioning his mentality like Jess brought up. I mean, Dan Orlovsky said on Get Up today, I always reference Dan Orlovsky, by the way, because I love that man. But um, Dan Orlovsky, he even said it. He was like, us quarterbacks were bred differently. Like when you're a quarterback, you walk onto that field and you say, this is my team. And you have that confidence. When have the Eagles ever given that to Carson? Ever. Besides his rookie year. And before he got hurt, like none, ever. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge, a huge thing that goes into it. No, I, I certainly agree with both of what you uh, just said. I I couldn't have been more proud to see him on the sidelines helping guide Hurts during the game. Like, you see him playing his part. Like, it was hard for him when he had to be on the sidelines for the Super Bowl. But you saw him actively involved on the sideline, pacing on the sideline with his crutches. Like, he literally has been a team player when it's been very difficult. I think any com- competitor would want to be out there, and we know that that's who he is. He is a competitor. So for people to say that he you know, isn't willing to compete for the job, I think it's more so – that he wants the confidence of his front office more than it is anything to do with the field, like being on the field. He wants the confidence of his organization, and he thought he had that, and that's why he signed the contract last offseason. So uh, getting into the contract, I spoke with Andrew Brandt earlier um, on another episode of the show, and we spoke about his contract situation and Wentz's, uh, Wentz-Peterson's relationship long-term. We've seen how Peterson operates without Wentz, but we've never seen Wentz without Peterson. So if you had to choose your poison on the future of the Eagles franchise off of what you know and the current cap situation, the contract, all of that's still in play, are you going coach over quarterback or vice versa and why? Um, I'm kind of going, so personal preference, I'd rather have Carson Wentz over Doug Peterson. But looking at the overall setup of this team, obviously I feel like Jeffrey Lurie and Harry Roseman rather have Doug Peterson at this point. And, I mean, Doug's proven that he can get the job done to a point with certain other pieces. So I think that if you're going to keep Jalen Hurts, you keep Doug Peterson for the fact that he's worked with him so far. Um, But, yeah, I mean, you can't keep both of them. So, I mean, going back to your original question – Sorry, I'm trying to like figure this out in my head. Going back to the original question, though, I guess I personally would keep Carson Wentz, but because it's this organization, I would keep Doug Peterson because then I really don't feel as bad if Howie doesn't give him the pieces he needs to win, honestly. I think that's what it comes down to is even if Carson stayed, he's not going to get what he needs. So get rid of Carson, let him go flourish somewhere else, and keep Peterson and let him just – try to put together something and succeed with Hertz is my honest opinion about it. Yeah. I, I kind of agree in terms of your, the, the personal aspect, like personally, I would rather have Carson Wentz and say bye-bye to Doug Peterson, because at the end of the day, I know that he is, he's only as good as the guys around him. So if there were better guys around him, he's not as important if that makes sense. Like, obviously he is the overarching head of everything. And I don't think, I think people give Frank Reich too much credit for the Super Bowl, knowing what they know now. And I just think that, you know, Doug Peterson was still calling the plays. He still had to keep the team together and he still had to make sure everything flowed smoothly. And I do think that he deserves all the credit in the world for that. 
However, Frank Reich is the one that came up with the game plans every week, and Doug Peterson called the plays. The game plans since Frank Reich have left have been garbage. Week in, week out, absolutely terrible. He wants to keep going back to talking about, oh, when I was playing in the NFL during my career as a quarterback, he has not helped develop a quarterback here at all. He has made them get worse. There's that quote that keeps coming back up from when they played the 49ers in 2017 of him saying, oh yeah, Carson's great as long as we don't screw him up, right? Ha ha. Well, that's exactly what he did. And I'm, I'm not willing to sit here and watch him screw up another quarterback because regardless of they, if they keep Car- – so say they keep Doug Peterson and they get rid of Carson Wentz. We're going to watch the same thing happen again, and we're going to be having the same conversation in three more years when they don't give Jalen Hurts any weapons. They don't put anybody decent around him from a personnel standpoint to help build him up as a quarterback, whether it be you know a, a quarterback's coach that's decent, an offensive coordinator that's not six different people trying to create one offensive coordinator, or – wide receivers, you know, a better offensive line, what have you. We're going to be having the same conversation again in another few years. So my personal opinion would be I would rather get rid of Doug Peterson than have somebody in here who's doing a little bit better of a job to try to fight. At, I mean, like, I, again, none of this matters if Howie Roseman is still the general manager. And I think that's ultimately what it comes down to. But I would rather stick with Carson Wentz, get rid of Doug Peterson, because no matter what, we're still going to be having the same conversation in three years. And I think their biggest issue is, I mean, this is what they do. They've done this since McNabb. They drafted Kevin Cobb and then Michael Vick was the quarterback. And then they went back to Kevin Cobb and then they drafted Nick Foles and then Michael Vick got hurt and Nick Foles played. And then Nick Foles got hurt and Michael Vick played. And then they traded Nick Foles. And And then they (laughs) drafted Carson Wentz and then Sam Bradford was a starter, but then they traded Sam Bradford and Carson Wentz was a starter and then Nick Foles won a Super Bowl and then they got rid of Nick Foles and then they Carson Wentz was a starter and then they drafted Jalen Hurts and all in there they've done nothing to help or give weapons to anyone that was the starting quarterback in fact they just kept kicking them out of town whether it be LaShawn McCoy Deshaun Jackson Jeremy Macklin everybody they had just they let go so they're not doing anything but like they have such commitment issues when it comes to their quarterbacks that like they're probably going to trade Carson Wentz And then we're going to be going through the same problem with Jalen Hurts in three years. And no matter what, Howie Roseman set us back three to four anyway with the garbage contracts that are out here. It's just an absolute mess. It's kind of of frustrating, too, because as fans, we see how bad our division is. And yet this was supposed to be our Super Bowl window. Like we just got to the Super Bowl a few years ago. We got to the playoffs the last few years. We limped in as I mentioned earlier to the playoffs the last few years but we got there so for us to underperform so badly is not is is that not the biggest like explanation to point the finger at the front office and the coaching of the team like how do you not have the talent to beat the NFC East to get to the playoffs when you are in your Super Bowl window somehow Like, this was the window, and it's already shut. Like, it's closed. It's gone. Yeah, and Kelly, to go along with that point, I mean, that's what's so frustrating about it. I mean, to hear Lurie even say that he's not even questioned Howie's job at this point. Literally, the Eagles were on top of the mountain, and they just literally went all the way, sank all the way down, and are now climbing up Trash Mountain, when the rest of the NFC East is actually 
on their rise. And we're just sinking and sinking and sinking. Yeah, it's the kind of thing where if you don't identify a problem and you just get rid of the symptoms of the problem, like everybody's like, get rid of Carson Wentz. Well, he could just be a symptom of a bigger issue and likely is because it's weird when you hear people who are bashing Carson saying, let's trade him for our first round pick. Well, what is he then? How are we how are we getting a first round pick if he's terrible? So do right. you think he's good or do you think he's bad? Like, I mean, are, are you willing to take that $34 million cap hit for right. a guy who is going to be on Bleacher Report when they say divert your eyes, Eagles fans, because he's <laughs> making plays like El- uh, Nelson Aguilar for the Raiders this year? Like, that's going to be the reality. And I don't know if people are ready to move on from him or they're just so frustrated by a bad year that they are just turning their back for the time being because they're angry and they just need some time and space from this terrible, terrible reality that is the Eagles 2020 season. It's like trying to throw deck chairs off of the Titanic to stop it from sinking. Right. (laughs) That's what this is. It's like, we're going to stop the ship from sinking after we hit this enormous iceberg by chucking these chairs off. and It'll be fine. Like in reality, at the end of the day, like Jalen Hurts still just lost a game on Sunday. Like he also He's not the reason they lost by any means. In fact, if they were going to win, he was going to be the reason. But he also, he missed a lot of simple throws out there. He made some mistakes. He ultimately also didn't do enough for them to win on Sunday. He's still one and one as a starter. Like the roster's terrible from the top down. And regardless if he would have, you know, started the season, you know, they would have benched Carson Wentz earlier. I mean, they still would have had the same random offensive line combinations. He'd still have all of the drops. You saw some drops on Sunday. Inconsistent effort, penalties of shooting themselves in the foot, horrible special teams play. The defense lets up plays left and right. And, you know, they're also inconsistent. Like, And Matt Pryor gives up, like, the most sacks that I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh, like, he got sacked six times on Sunday. Oh, it just got sacked six times. And it's, like, underreported because right. the whole thing was, oh, Carson gets hit too much. Well, clearly, there's a reason. It's just a problem. Well, that in this line. And that, the safety wasn't Jalen Hurts' fault. He either was taking a sack or it was the intentional grounding. And it's because the receivers had no separation and he had no time to throw the ball. When you have all of these holes in the roster that we've talked about, Good quarterback play can mask that no problem. And that's what Carson Wentz did last year. This roster was falling apart going into week 13, but Carson put the team on his back and he dragged a bunch of ShopRite grocery baggers to the playoffs. And and the the Eagles went, see, we're fine. We don't have to do anything. You mean Howie. Do anything. Yeah, we we meaning how we decided we don't have to do anything. But and that's also that's also how I feel Lori feels because well, oh, we won the Super Bowl a few years ago and why would I get rid of those people who finally did what every fan has been waiting for? And Carson 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 is unfortunately not the person who won the Super Bowl, the actual game. He definitely contributed to getting to that Super Bowl and everybody should acknowledge that. But I think Lori is almost too afraid to move on from the guys in the regime that got the ring. 
it's because we have two dweebs leading the front office and they don't actually know football. So you're exactly right. They just attach themselves to that Super Bowl victory. They have no attachment to Carson because he wasn't a part of that win. And they just see the surface of it. And with that, they still don't see that Carson was the reason that their team even snuck into the playoffs last year. And the reason was because of an NFC East blow up. But I mean, they just see the surface. They don't know how to actually analyze this organization and this team. And it's so frustrating. And I think like what we've been saying this whole time, it all boils down to this is not a quarterback issue with this team. This is a truly bad team that has a terrible front office that doesn't know how to fix it. And, and their quarterback issue. It wasn't one. Yeah. And they've made it one. And the only reason, and then the fans, obviously, because they're emotional, I don't know even what to call us feeling. Reactionary. Yeah, reactionary. And that's the thing. So Carson's having his first truly bad season. And the only reason that Hertz looks better, partly too, is because he has the run game that Carson's not as big on, which helps out with the holes on this team. It's not that Hertz is ultimately going to be more successful than Carson or that Carson's going to be ultimately more successful than Hertz. They're great, both great quarterbacks and going to have great careers. But right now, it looks like Jalen Hurts is the better overall quarterback because he fits this team and the holes that they have. With that being said, it's still clearly not enough. And it's unfortunate no, I, because it's not fair to Jalen either. This no, is not at all fair to Jalen Hurts either because it sounds like when we have these conversations like it, it it sounds like I am a huge Carson Wentz person I love Carson Wentz and I thought the draft pick of Jalen Hurts was stupid I think the screaming for him to bench Carson Wentz in favor of Jalen Hurts was stupid I thought using Jalen Hurts in those stupid gadget plays was stupid but I feel like I almost sound like I'm being fake when I say it but I, I want Jalen Hurts to succeed I really like Jalen Hurts and I like what he brings to the table but I wish he didn't have to deal with this either. Like this isn't fair for him to go through either because you it feels like you can't compliment one without sounding like you're taking away from the other. And Absolutely. this is not to take away from either one because keep in mind, like Sam, with what you just said, Carson used to take off and run like that. Now Jalen's absolutely a better athlete, but Carson used to take off and run like that. Then he tore an ACL and everyone freaked out every time he left the pocket. So everyone's screaming, he needs to stop doing that. He needs to stop doing that. The coaches need to get him to stay in the pocket. He needs to stop doing that. Well, he stopped doing it. And now Jalen does it. It's like, well, look what he can do. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> I totally hear you. And uh, I honestly think that the quarterback controversy is something that is uh, talked about so much because you want to have a solution. You want to be able to figure it out. You want to feel like you have confidence in the front office to make the right decisions moving forward. So round and round we go. So let's move on to a different topic because I don't think that we'll ever be able to solve it on a podcast, unfortunately. The one thing that we've been waiting for in this team outside of Carson Wentz to get his things together and, and move that offense was the defense finally getting some turnovers. Like, we still haven't had an interception from any cornerback on the team, and the season's almost over. But three turnovers against the Cardinals is a big deal. And I would like to just talk for a minute about the defense because I feel like they've been given a little bit of a, a pass in some ways, but also they've been completely glossed over in other aspects when it comes to talking about this Eagles team. So let's talk about a positive thing. Who has been your top defensive performer this season and why? 
try to pick different players if you can. Well, I, I'll give two and just tell me if one of them. So I'm going to go with the young guys. Um, Alex Singleton's really stepped up and I think he's been a big piece. And then also Josh Sweat. So Jess, do you want one of them? No. Okay, good. So my thing though, I mean, we had, nobody came in. They, we drafted no linebackers. We brought in nobody. We had Nate Gary and he got hurt. And so like, we just were set up for failure there. And the bright spot in this defense is the fact that it gave these young guys opportunities. And then Alex Singleton came out, he's a hard hitter and he gives that passion and just the vibe you want that we used to see in the Dawkins era. You know what I mean? That like weapon X coming out of the tunnel kind of thing. He hits somebody and he screams and and you're like, Oh my God, that wet hair is disgusting, but I love you. (laughs) Exactly. And that's why you love it. I mean, quite simply, he's still, we've seen him get outmatched because he's not a starting linebacker in this league, but then also Josh sweat, who he's a very, very bright spot in this team because then you see him and he looks like he might actually be somebody for the future that you can, if you trust them to develop, that you can develop into a starting guy on this defense. So he looks to be more of the long-term, um, not solution, but a long-term piece to this defense. So that's exciting. Yes, absolutely. I totally agree. So my top performer of the year, unfortunately, won't be able to finish the year, but Rodney McLeod was having a really, really good year, um, especially in terms of losing Malcolm Jenkins back there and having Jalen Mills, who I still think Jalen Mills is a better safety than he is a cornerback. Now, that doesn't mean he's like this elite level safety, but I think he's better suited back there than he is in coverage. Serviceable. Yes, 100%. Absolutely. And, but, you know, especially with them, you know, bringing in some, still having some young guys in like a Marcus Epps and then drafting a Kayvon Wallace. Like I thought they, they were going to really miss that veteran presence in Malcolm Jenkins. And I still think they do miss Malcolm Jenkins, but I think keeping Rodney McLeod around if they weren't going to have Malcolm Jenkins was absolutely a necessity for them. And I thought he was having a, a really kind of sneaky good year. Um, and, you know, obviously everything he does on and off the field is, is unbelievable. So, and, and it, it makes me sick for him that he tore his opposite ACL. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a brutal game. It is uh, hard to imagine having to go through that recovery. And he had just had such a big um, week getting announced as the nominee for the Walter Payton man of the year award. And then to see him on the field, that was kind of a, a total bummer for a lot of fans. I think a lot of people, agree with all all of the um, names that you mentioned. My top defensive performer um, was BG. Uh, He has been uh, a top defensive performer. He's just, he's the kind of guy that you need on your team every single year when you're battling like we have been. You need guys in that locker room that really can connect with the players that they're on the line with. And I think BG is the type of person who can rally these younger guys, even though they might not have all the talent. He's the type of person that you really want to be able to uh, lean on to provide some support. Um, And I think that when a lot of other teams have gone through these difficult years when they've only won four games, you see the locker room start to dismantle. They all start talking about each other. Stuff starts leaking. You're not seeing that from this team. And I think that the leadership um, from players like BG is largely um, why that is. So even if it is on or off the field, I think BG is just, 
a dynamic person to have on the team. I hope this is not his last year with us, but we probably don't even deserve to have him at this point. So (laughs) I'll I'll, I'll just cry if he's gone. It's, it's okay. Um, Well, that's all we have for today. I thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you to the babes of broad. Thank you to the listeners of the Kelly green show. Please subscribe to the Eagles brawl podcast for future episodes. And as always fly Eagles fly. Unexpected trouble. CashNet USA can take the stress out of borrowing emergency funds. Our fast, secure application process makes it easy to apply online 24-7. Plus, CashNet USA offers same-day funding if approved before 10.30 a.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday. Additional terms may apply. Visit CashNetUSA.com or tap the banner to apply today. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.